Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're discussing the work of one of Hindi cinema's most exciting contemporary auteurs, Deepakar Banerjee. First up, Abbe Dale plays a notorious thief in the light-hearted comic caper, Oi Lucky Lucky Oi, from 2008. Then Raj Kumar Rao and an ensemble of newcomers record themselves or find themselves being recorded in the experimental triptych Love, Sex, or Doka. Finally, Amran Hashmi may have the key to revealing a deadly corruption scandal in the political thriller Shanghai from 2012. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. <laughs> Welcome back, lovers. Uh, we're, we're recording this a little late. Yep. Uh, there's... A lot has happened... <laughs> I don't know uh, if you guys know about this. Yeah, a lot has happened in the past couple of weeks since we recorded our last episode. Um, I guess, first of all, we'll say, as some of you knew and as we mentioned in our last episode, we were planning on going to Japan for the month of April. Uh, the good news is we will not be going to Japan. Um, so Good for you guys. Yeah, we'll be <laughs> continuing to put out episodes. Uh, the sad news is, though, that uh, we had lined up a great host who was going to take over uh, mm-hmm. for when we were away. Uh, and now and now that's been put on hold. But The, the Prince of Hearts himself. Yes, but uh, you know we, we still have that in the works for when we do eventually take a vacation, whenever it is safe for us to do so. Um, unfortunately... The coronavirus, the you heard about this novel COVID nineteen, uh, <clears throat> has spread from China and South Korea and Japan um, to cruise and cruise ships to Italy and Iran, and now pretty much the rest of the world. It's been declared a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Canada, we are greatly affected by this. Um, all mo- First person to die in Alberta today. Yeah. All movie theaters in the province have been closed. Um, shopping places are closed. Every- everywhere is closed. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we, you can't gather more than 50 people. I think it's 10 now. Yeah. It's been... It's... Yeah. Um, and everyone is practicing social distancing and self-isolation, uh, which, which means people are watching a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, Not new ones, though. Yeah. But also means that people are incredibly stressed, including ourselves. Like, this is not... Yeah. Yeah. And, and and a lot of people are losing losing their jobs, which is very disheartening. And it's just, it's... I don't, I don't know if I can put into words just how watching this happen at home, but also around the world, um, what it feels like. Feels bad. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very bad. There you go. It does. There's some words. Um, so that's, that is part of why this episode is coming out late. We've also um, been busy with some family stuff and kind of stuff that happened before um, the <laughs> the virus was declared a pandemic and it started to affect us here at home. Um, we have a new nephew, which is yeah. very exciting. Lucky. Yes. My brother and his girlfriend uh, had a baby boy the other day, so... Uh, his name is Felix, and uh, yeah, welcome, Felix. Which He's means, not here. Which means lucky. Yes, yes. Matt would very much like you to know that um, this is our 13th niece or nephew, my parents' 13th grandchild, um, and so Matt's been calling the baby Lucky, and they named him Felix, which means luck. Uh, and also, we have a character in our 
in the first film we're going to talk about today named Lucky. So yeah. it's connected, see? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so that's exciting. So it hasn't all been upsetting news over here. It hasn't just been kind of canceling vacations and watching the world fall apart. Uh, that's been most of it, though. It's been a chunk of what's been going on. Working from home. Um, yeah, we, we we hope that um, everyone is safe and healthy. Stay and at home. Wash your hands. Listen to podcasts. And and we know that you know that this virus is having an impact beyond just um, whether you know someone who's been infected or you've been infected yourself or you've lost someone. It's it's having it's having an impact on every aspect of people's lives at this point. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just we we care about you. <laughs> I. I, I don't know what else to say. This is an interesting time to be alive. And um, talking about movies seems kind of trivial, but I don't know. What else can it's we do? It's the only do? thing we know how to do. It's the only thing we know how to do. We don't even know if we know how to do it well, <clears throat> but we know how to do it. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, we hope that all of your self-isolation watching has been going well. What better uh, reason than to start from... Biffle episode one and work your way through. Mm-hmm. We've got almost a hundred episodes yeah. people can listen to. So yeah, and obviously we're social isolate with your pals at Biffle. <laughs> we're going to keep doing this. Luckily, we live together, so yeah, um, we can easily record and edit this podcast and watch movies together. Yes, which we have been doing a not lot. Not going to be a lot of new stuff, though. No, uh, no, not for the time being. Uh, I think the biggest impact this has had on the. Hindi film industry is that the new Rohit Shetty. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of spinoff from Simba, which itself was a spinoff from, uh, what was that movie it's, called? Singham. Singham, yeah. See, it's I don't Surya, even want to... Suryavanshi, I think the new one is, with... Uh, um, yeah, Suryavanshi. Yeah. yeah. See, I have not committed this title to memory, because while I'm excited for Katrina Kaif, I'm not a big Rohit Shetty fan, and I'm not big on, like, the this kind of like super cop genre um do you think hindi movies are gonna go straight to hot star or what i do not know mm-hmm. it, at this point we do not know how long movie theaters will be closed we do not know how long this pandemic will be happening mm-hmm. um it is a stressful time like mm-hmm. you know every industry is feeling it mm-hmm. whether it means it's because they have increased work or because um you know they have no work so i guess that kind of covers the what's going on in the world section of today's episode yeah if you just woke up from a coma or something or left the amazon rainforest like that, my parents this did. is exactly what happened to your parents yeah my parents were in the amazon rainforest exploring without any contact with the outside world yeah and they left they got to lima and was like hey what's going on we're like well while you were gone a bunch of things happened yeah so they're back in canada now we anticipate getting your folks back soon too yeah. they were also well they were exploring the wilds of southern california but, uh, <laughs> um we want to get them back in the country yeah yeah uh okay so we're discussing jibakar Banerjee. Mm-hmm. uh we've been wanting to discuss his work for a while and um we had a listener uh leave us a review that they really wanted to hear us talk about Banerjee after we asked if we should. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really wanted to hear about Oi, Lucky Lucky Oi. So we're just going to thank them by name really quickly here. 
And that was Soza, S-O-H-Z-A. So Soza, this, this episode, I think we're just going to dedicate it to you. We hope you like it. Thank you for <laughs> making us watch these three movies because I enjoyed them all very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dibakar Banerjee started his career in advertising before moving on to filmmaking. His debut film came out in 2006. It is titled Kosla Kagosla. That's the only one of his we haven't seen now, I think. The only one we haven't seen. uh, It is on Netflix. I think all of his movies at this point are streaming on Netflix. It seems like if you're one of the uh, talkies people, Netflix will pick up all your movies. Although I cannot confirm that every NUI cash app's in there. I don't think Gangs of Wasipur is anymore. I don't think every Karen Johar film is on there, but, you know, like... They and like they have the, every Shah Khan, so there's a lot of Karen Johars there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, but you know, it is easier than ever to catch up with all of Dipakar Panerjee's filmography as it's all streaming on Netflix. All very good. Mm-hmm. Yes, I liked all of them. Yes, we will have to see Kosla Kagosla. Uh, I think one of the reasons we decided to do um, to, not to do Kosla Kagosla uh, is partly because. Don't think we want to talk about Andrew Pam Kara right now. But we do want to talk about Bowman Arani. I know. It was, it was kind of a, a tough place to be. Maybe that'll be our 100th episode. It's just the Bowman Arani Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, the script was written by Jaideep Sinha, who, who is a former colleague of Banerjee's. It was a critical and commercial success, and it won the National Film Award for Best Feature Film in Hindi. Though, a few years later, Banerjee tried to give the award back in a protest. This is Kosla Kagosla? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and he was told he couldn't because it wasn't awarded to him. It was awarded to the film. So what? <laughs> the movie has to give it back? Well. That's weird. I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, he then went on to direct Oi, Lucky, Lucky Oi in 2008, Love, Sex, or Doka in 2010, and Shanghai in 2012. And those are the three films that we will be discussing. They're great. He also made Detective Byomkesh Bakshi in 2015, which was the first Dibakar Banerjee film I ever saw. I think the first one you saw as well. Yeah, I watched that one not too long after it came out. So Yeah, that stars Sushant Singh Rajput. It's set in the... 1940s in Calcutta. Yeah, during the Second World War. Yeah, I. It's really good. Loved it. Yeah, it and th- and that's what put um, kind of Banerjee uh, kind of on our list of, of directors we wanted to explore more of because mm-hmm. we saw that film. At some point, we'd like to talk about Biomkesh Bakshi. Uh, he's kind of like the the best way I can describe him. I think. Um, based on my limited knowledge, is that he is the Bengali Sherlock Holmes. I have seen some Bengali Biomkesh Bakshi adaptations. Yeah. Um, but he's a he's a sleuth. He's a detective, obviously by the title, Detective Biomkesh Bakshi. Um, and there's been many Bengali novels and many Bengali film adaptations. And Calcutta is a city of mystery. So yeah, yeah, seems like it. Yeah, Biomkesh Bakshi is a really fun film. I'd love to see like a sequel. I just wish the music was better. The music is very, like, aggressive. <laughs> it's very, like, new metal, which yeah. was weird, mm-hmm. considering everything else. If it had, like, a Rangoon-style score, perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Also, him and Miss Julia should hook up in a movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, he also co-produced Titley in 2014. And okay, I mentioned a movie this, we don't love. I mentioned this because we're going to say a lot of great things this episode, and we hate Titley. <laughs> I mean, that is, if you haven't seen it, it's a very, like, not poverty porn, but almost. Yeah. It's like a very working class, trying to get ahead. It's like if the Safdie brothers made a really depressing and bad movie (laughs) that went to cons. 
because it's kind of got that like the stakes are low comparative to us mm-hmm. but for the for the characters it's you know really high stakes game mm-hmm. right it's just the the safties kind of make it palatable in a way that titley doesn't yeah. titley is just like all depravity is a strong word but it's just kind of all depressing all the time yeah for more on titley you can listen to our episode where we discuss it which is our most under listened to episode so you know yeah. we got to we got to promote it any chance we get. Throw our cons episode at Bone. Because that had some, that had Miss Lovely in it. That was a good movie. And I don't remember what the third one was. Um, Masan, which is a great movie. Oh, Masan's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. Titley was really the the the, the, the low point of, of that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's also obviously... More like shitly. <laughs> as we've discussed before, um, he contributed to the kind of the talkies project um, and produced shorts. For, not produced, but directed shorts for some of our favorite Bombay ones Talkies, too. Talkies, ghost stories, and love stories, and was the clear winner of that project. Due to our scientific project. ranking system, yeah. yeah, continues, and especially his ghost stories one. Yeah, if that's on YouTube somewhere, it's worth just watching it. It is, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Sandeep or Pinky Farrar, um, starring Pariniti Chopra and Arjun Kapoor. Yeah, uh, this is. Supposed to come out sometime later this year. We don't know when new movies are coming out anymore, so maybe. Maybe it gets picked up by Netflix. He does have a relationship with them, right? Maybe. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing that. I find Paraniti Chopra and Arjun Kapoor uneven, uh, especially them together. But I think that um, they've both done some great work, and so I think in the mm-hmm. right film, they can be awesome. So yeah, so what do we want to say about Divacrim Banerjee? I guess... Well, I don't always like discussing um, Bollywood in this way. Um, the best kind of Hollywood correlation I could think of while we were watching his films is he feels to me like Bollywood's answer to Steven Soderbergh. Hmm. Yeah, he does do a bunch of different kinds of movies. So mm-hmm. like comedy, um, heist, yeah, um, kind of social issues movie. Yeah, That's both... You know LSD and Shanghai, but with two completely different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, He's also formally interesting in trying yeah. different things. Beyond Kish Bakshi is kind of a classical adventure story. Yeah, uh, his ghost, his his ta- his talkies ones are all kind of different um, styles. Mm-hmm. And and he's working in a commercial space, but willing to be experimental. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, is LSD against... is actually very experimental. Oh, it's super experimental, yeah. 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 I mean, maybe I wouldn't say super experimental compared to, like, there's clearly more experimental filmmaking it's out there. It's not Stambercage. Yeah, but for a mainstream <clears throat> Bollywood film, um, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> Brackage. Brackage. <laughs> it's Stan Brackage. You, you almost got that one by me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's not quite Stan Brackage, but I think, like, I think you can see. Um, a kind of so- Soderberghery, Soderberghery, Nis, um, a Soderberg esque mm-hmm. uh, approach to his filmmaking. Now, that is not to say that we think he is in any way inspired by Soderberg. Although I still think the love, sex, or dokla, doka uh, name is very sexualized in videotape. It, it kind of is. And yeah. videotape is especially the important word there. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of videotape in that movie. Yes. 
Uh, now, having seen almost all of his filmography, I think he's quickly risen to, um, you know, to becoming one of our favorite Hindi filmmakers. Yeah, one he's of our a, favorite Indian filmmakers, one of our great. favorite filmmakers working in the world. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good, and I think um, very engaging, both formally, intellectually, and these movies are really entertaining. And every movie is just shot differently. Yeah, you know, there's a it's a feast for the eyes every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know what this new film is going to be like, but I'm. I couldn't find it with really subtitles. To see it. Yeah, the trailer. So it kind of looks like northern, like Shimla, but also like some mob stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Arjun Kapoor says that he works for the CBI or something. Mm-hmm. So like cops and the looks fascinating. I don't know what it is about. Looks like it could be funny too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess um, before we get into it, between these three films, Beyond Kashbakshi and the three shorts that we've seen, do you see an overarching theme developing among Banerjee's work? Do you see anything that ties it together? I mean, I we brought this up in the talkies episode, but I think he's very critical of Indian society and the government. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, you could... It would be, you would be hard-pressed to find a Hindi film more critical of the government than Shanghai. But I'd say that um, LSD is very critical of certain attitudes. Mm-hmm. Probably a toxic masculinity mm-hmm. in Indian society. We'll get into it when we get there. But, like, he's definitely... He's angry, yeah. I think. He's he's a very political filmmaker. But he's angry in a very different way than I think Anya Kashyap is angry. Or at least it just presents itself in a different way in his filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Kashyap feels like an like aesthetically an angry filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that with Banerjee in the same way. He's more... He seems more critical. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and Oi, Lucky, Lucky, Oi, I think um, kind of gets into... While it is a fun heist romp, you realize that there's much bigger crimes being committed than just breaking into people's houses and stealing stuff, and yeah. people are just kind of using Lucky for their own ends. Mm-hmm. So that's also really interesting of kind of upper class society. Actually, I think there's probably a pretty good argument for class and caste being things that he's angry about. Yeah. Because the col- collision between them, I don't remember. Uh, Bakshi that well but in the other ones that I've seen there's usually some sort of class narrative mm-hmm. similar to Zoya Akhtar except she's a bit more forgiving I think mm-hmm. whereas I don't think Banerjee likes upper class people at all mm-hmm. he's also interested in how um, how people interact especially men and women mm-hmm. I think you see that a lot in sex love sex or Doka, um, as well as in, um, uh, I think of his his Lust Stories piece. piece. I mm-hmm. think I called it Love Stories earlier. That was a slip. Mm-hmm. The world is ending. I can't speak anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, yeah, I just find the way that he presents relationships in, in those two pieces really interesting, as well as in Oi, Lucky, Lucky, Oi. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't... He just seems to have a very kind of... A very 
different approach to like he's not making standard love stories mm-hmm. um you know and and I, and I also think of some of the the romantic entanglements that we see in Shanghai so yeah again like and that's why I I compare him to Soderbergh because you can clearly th- see things that interest Soderbergh um and you see him working in different aesthetics but he's he's kind of all over the map but mm-hmm. and so it's hard to pinpoint what it is but you know when you see it right yeah yeah uh, and also, he's greatly influenced by um, real world, the real world, and things happening in India, as mm-hmm. you know, we will see. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's a good start for our Banerjee discussion. Sure. Uh, so, our first film is Oi Lucky Lucky Oi. I love saying that title. Oi Lucky Lucky Oi. It's a fun uh, title. Yeah, it came out in two thousand and eight. Stars Abbey Dale, Paresh Rawal, Neetu Chandra, Archana Puran Singh, Risha Chada. Manjot Singh, uh, who we remember from uh, Student of the Year, yeah, among yeah. other films. It was it was very it's great to see him. He's, he's young, yeah, lucky. He's really good. Um, it was inspired by the life of Devinder Singh, aka Bunty, who was a notorious thief. Um, Singh, <laughs> I guess, was not flattered by this film, and he was actually apprehended by police in Kerala, and he claimed he was there to kill Banerjee for having made the film. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come off that bad. No, I really don't think He's so. kind of naive, Lucky, but, uh, you know, he does look cool and do cool things. Yeah. The film uh, was critically acclaimed, and it did average at the box office, uh, and it went on to win <laughs> there we the go. National Film Award for Best Popular Film Providing Wholesome Entertainment. At, Best award that you can get. At the uh, National Film Awards. Uh, and it also won four Film Awards, Best Performance Critics for Manjot Singh, Best Dialogue, Press Best production design and best costumes. Interesting, best costumes. I guess that uh, Abbe Dale especially is wearing some pretty obnoxious kind of mid two thousands, almost like motorcycle inspired stuff. Mm-hmm. So he does kind of look like a mid two thousands gangster. It totally makes sense. Yeah, I don't particularly like his fashion sense, but I think his fashion sense is perfect for the character. Well, it is what someone who. You know, girls that poor like that would think like, oh, this is how a rich guy dresses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a character from Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, I don't know if he ever wears any Ed Hardy, but like, yeah. Ed Hardy. He might as well have. It's like yeah. racing inspired stuff yeah. he likes. Yeah. Do you want to tell us, set us up with the plot so I can stop talking? Sure. Uh, so, Abe Dale and Menjot Singh play uh, Lucky. He's a um, Sikh kid growing up in the 80s, it looked like. I wasn't entirely mm-hmm. sure. Um, so this is Singh playing him. And he's one of those kids that doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have a great relationship with his uh, parents. I think his dad has remarried and kind of awkward with the new mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. There's a weird scene where... Stepmom. Stepmom. There's a weird scene where she kind of comes on to him. I didn't yeah. understand what was happening there, uh, <laughs> but it seems to have messed Lucky up. Um, so he's kind of like a small-time hustler stealing things and getting into trouble uh he falls in love with the girl at the greeting card store mm-hmm. um and yeah kind of works his way into a criminal organization mm-hmm. then we fast forward maybe 10 years or so and lucky and his buddy uh bongali um who's like the only link between his past and present mm-hmm. are doing more crimes uh, they're working for uh, a Don type guy who looks like he's going straight. This guy buys like a uh, a convention hall where people get married and stuff, and it looks like he's using his criminal money to, yeah, 
get out of the world while someone like Lucky who... He's laundering it through the hall. Yeah. Uh, Someone like Lucky who is preternaturally good at stealing things. (laughs) He's amazing at it. Um, Never really... He tries to get out of that world. Yeah. Uh, He meets a, a veterinarian who kind of talks him into working with him on a restaurant. And he ends up getting forced out of that. And I, I find his character pretty tragic, actually. Yeah. Because, you know, he's like the Mozart of breaking into people's houses and stealing things. But he doesn't really realize that his gangster boss is using him. This veterinarian is using him. The cops are using him just because he's so good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good movie. It, it reminded me of a kind of Hindi Lupin the Third type thing. Oh, interesting. I thought a lot about um, Catch Me If You Can while we watched it. In that one, he ends up working for the FBI, but it's someone assuming fake identities, stealing things. Mm-hmm. A, he's a check forger in that one. That That's a great movie. It's one of those things where like the he finds that he's only really good at being a, a criminal, at being yeah. like a, a petty thief. And, and he's he, so good at it. And he's so good at it. And he's so charming and compelling, and he can wrap people around his fingers so easily. This is where I was thinking Lupin. Yeah. So Lupin the Third is a long-running Japanese uh, comic slash movie series. It's mostly movies now. Yeah. The uh, creator Monkey Punch, I believe he died last year. Yeah, he recently passed away. But they do like a movie every year, and it's about a gentleman thief, the um, great, no, the grandson of Arsène Lupin, the French gentleman thief, who travels the world stealing things and getting chased by uh a determined Japanese cop named Zenigata and he has his buddies and he gets into various schemes and it's a great time and I thought this kind of plays at that sort of exotic life of a criminal yeah. able to assume new identities on the fly mm-hmm. yeah I liked yeah, it a lot yeah this is certainly a bit more kind of this is more down to earth exactly than, but I liked than Loop it in the third. although if we're going to throw out Loop in the Third we should say probably the most well-known at this point, certainly outside of Japan, adaptation of Lupin III of Castle of Cagliostro, which is directed by Hayao Miyazaki. It was his first film, and um, I think it's available on Netflix, at least here. Yeah. We own it on Blu-ray, so. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more cartoonish. Yeah. And Lupin is more of a, you know, a rogue. He's he's not really in it for the thieving. But this kind of character, um, who Abe Dehol and Manjot Singh, play so well of this kind of lovable scamp who yeah who's just like he's he's really good at being a criminal but he doesn't really he doesn't he doesn't have any malice towards yeah he's really easy to root for because he doesn't really want to hurt anyone and he he mostly steals from rich people who have more stuff than they need it seems like they have the most gaudy terrible stuff yeah he steals this horse at a certain point Looks and awful. He, he steals a dog. He steals a bunch of jewelry. And he has a preternatural ability to remember where he stole everything from. Mm-hmm. He, he does get caught by the cops at some point And oh, they've kind of got all the stuff team. outside. And people are fighting over it. And he's like, no, those bangles are hers. The ones that you had were fake. <laughs> and the scene where he like lists everything that he stole to the cops. Yeah, because so the, the cops want to get into one of his uh, lockers and take all the stuff as a bribe so he can leave. But... He basically uses a, a long line of stuff to wear the cops down and then yeah. escape. He's a character that I think you you really care about. Uh, I think the way that they flesh in his kind of home life and his background, how that um, 
how that affects him in in kind of the the, the grown up version of Lucky that we see, mm-hmm. uh, and just also the way that like women and his boss and everyone else treat him. Like I think you do you do root for him while at the same time you know what he's doing is wrong mm-hmm. and that he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like you like him, but you wouldn't want him in your neighborhood. No, but that's always that tragedy of that kind of character right like Mm -hmm. they can pass for high class but the you know as soon as someone who is rich rich sees him they can see through him right away and use him for their own purposes yeah yeah which is again exactly why i thought of catch me if you can uh Mm -hmm. when we saw it though i would say stylistically these are very different films this is kind of a 70s 80s um, if you're talking Soderbergh, this is a Ocean's 12, I would say. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't explain a lot, and it's very stylish. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Lots of film grain and zooms in on things. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Banerjee is someone who really knows how to have fun with the camera. He also knows how to use it to, uh, you know, to its advantages in terms of storytelling. But his... His his shot compositions and, and his editing, his editing especially, never boring. I think mm-hmm. he's always trying to find a new way to tell you something. Uh, we're going to see that a lot more with the next two films. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, yeah, it's such a fun... This is such a fun crime comedy that I think mm-hmm. like none of it feels forced. Um, it's totally believable that this is based on you know a real guy, but I think it also has a lot of fun with kind of inventing stuff it's very clear that like that it's not trying to be a biopic of this guy that it's just kind of using the legend of this guy doesn't at the beginning it says this this uh story is made up based on true events or something like that that's kind of funny which i loved because i i hate seeing inspired by true story based on true story and this was like yeah this is this is made up of real things yeah. Um, that's like totally a detail that like, and from the get go, like I think clearly articulates the tone and tone is everything in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it is great. Thank you, Soza. Yeah, this movie rules. You were yeah. right. Yeah. See what happens when you leave a review. <laughs> you get us to agree with you that your movie tastes are good. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, that brings us to interval. What are we listening to, Matt? Uh, so we are listening to a song that made a lot of people mad, I guess. Well, it made some people mad. Yeah. <laughs> there was so, a controversy around this song. So this is so of Bharat... course we chose it for our interval. Well, this is also a great scene. Yeah. So this is Bharat Mata Kijai from Shanghai. <laughs> You know, I love books, and I would like to join a book club, but uh, it seems like such a big commitment. Why is that? Reading a whole book in a month, that takes a lot of time. Well, what if it was only one chapter, say, a week? Organizing to meet up with people is a lot of work. Well, what if it was only half an hour, whenever it worked for you? That would be great. The Read Along. It's a mini book club for your ears. Join my wife, Anita. And my husband, Scott. On a weekly journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. time. 
part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts can be found. It's not a spoiler alert. Winter is going to be here for a good chunk of the year every single year. For some people, the very thought of winter is enough to send chills down their spine. But for others, winter is a season full of beauty, of adventure, of racing down the ski hill or snuggling by a roaring fire. I don't want to be inside during the winter. A season of contrast, light and dark, fire and ice, cold and warmth, a season full of potential. Part of the lighting design process is making the informed decision of not to illuminate something. If we have everything lit, then it just might look like a greenhouse where we're all tomatoes trying to produce work. And every day, more and more cities and people are coming around to seeing the possibilities of winter. The way that the city streets are being used is changing. I'm Sue Holdsworth. And I'm Isla Tanaka. Welcome to Snow and Tell, the Winter City Podcast. Together, we'll talk to specialists and thought leaders. We'll hear stories from everyday people just like you about their wintry trials and tribulations, triumphs and transformations. We can't change the weather, but we can change how we feel about it, how we design for it, play in it, thrive in it. I mean, we're all jubilant when we have a little exercise. We can hibernate or we can choose to change our thinking and actually plan to make winter a better experience for everyone. There is no such thing as bad weather. It's bad clothing. Join us as we learn how to make our cold cities cool. Find Snow and Tell, the Winter City podcast on your favorite podcast service or online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. I've learned over 70 years how you can get along really well outside in Edmonton, no matter what the season is. So that was Bharat Mata Kijai from uh, Shanghai. But before we get to Shanghai, we're going to talk a little bit about Love, Sex, or Doka, which I think is probably the most interesting of these three. Certainly formally. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, unlike any Hindi movie I've seen. It's probably closer to, I don't know, Q, I mm-hmm. guess. He's Bengali, but um, mm-hmm. that's sort of absolute adherence to form. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so this came on 2010 and stars... Anushman Jha, Nushrat Baraka, Rajkumar Rao. I believe Rao. was in um, uh, Sonu, oh, Sonu Ki Ti Sweetie. I can, Sonu Ki Ti Tu Ki Sweetie? Yeah, I can never get that title correctly. She plays the titular Sweetie, um, mm. who I hated, but I liked her here. Uh, Rajkumar Rao, I think, is kind of the standout guy, and this is like one of his first movies. Yeah, this is a, a cast kind of full of non-actors and like complete newcomers. Yeah, Nea Chawan. Arya Banerjee, Amit Sal, Ashish Sharma, and Harry Tungri. Uh, so this is based on the DPS MMS scandal and the Tehelka Sting operation. So I'm guessing that these are sort of uh, people letting personal information go kind of things? Yeah, so the, the DPS MMS scandal uh, also was, was one of the things that also inspired aspects of DevD. Hmm. Um, we're not going to get into them too much. Just look it up um, on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll provide links. Um, but the DPS MMS scandal, scandal has um, it, it was a sensation uh, in in India and uh, has been referenced in a number of films. Um, so it plays a, a big part in the the second part, or not that it plays a big part in the second part, but it, it inspires the second part uh, of the of this film. Yeah, and I think... As well as Kalki Copeland's character in Dev D. I think that this movie 
if it was made now, you would see it as kind of revenge porn and people's personal information getting used. Mm -hmm. I think this was actually pretty uh, prescient as to things that were going to happen. Oh, totally. Um, Like, 2010, you didn't have much in the way of camera phones. But uh, nowadays, like, that sort of thing gets leaked all the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was totally right. And that's why it was such a... Not right. This movie uh, saw it coming. And that's why the GPS MMS scandal was such a big deal, you know, because it has... It it, it deals with, uh, you know, kind of... (laughs) Teenagers uh, and and sex and, and camera phones and stuff. Yeah. So I said earlier that this has a lot of VHS, and I I think maybe that is not entirely true. This was entirely shot on digital, mm-hmm. using different cameras, including a handy cam, amateur camera, night vision camera, security camera, spy cam, and an underwater camera. Yeah. But I would have to assume that at least for the second part that Rajkumar Rao's in, which is uh, security footage at a kind of gas station type store mm-hmm. uh, that would be on VHS in 2010 yeah. probably yeah. Oh, yeah. they're just making it they're making it look that way yeah um, it's shot this way and with all these cameras to give it that that digital texture that digital feel yeah and also because the whole film is shot from a camera's point of view rather than a character's point of view yeah I guess it doesn't have like tracking marks or anything like that but I just feel like those sort of cameras would have been VHS back in the day yeah uh, so critics liked this movie, and it did fairly well at the box office, uh, and it was well enough that they expanded the, re- the release outside of India. Yeah, originally it was only released in India because they didn't think that they would necessarily be able to re- the co- recoup the cost for kind of a low-budget indie film. Um, I-, I put air quotes around all that. Uh, but then when it was doing well, they decided to release it overseas as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Oi, Lucky, Lucky Oi, uh, that the framing story of that is a um, kind of Inside Edition style TV show oh, right, about yeah. like criminals, and there's this hilarious host who shows up and is like, "Here's the bone chilling tale of this uh, guy who stole a lot of stuff." And in Love, Sex, or Doka, there's a kind of framing story as well, which is like, this is like a like a DVD that you could buy with a bunch of leaked mm-hmm. footage, basically. Yeah, and it has like clip art and like powerpoint (laughs) it's really kind of cheesy but it totally gets you into that like mid-2000s here's something a little bit illicit i thought it was really cool yeah and that's and that's one of the ways in which Banerjee is really interested in form and media well it's voyeurism right like oh yeah it makes you kind of complicit in like well you went to go see this movie you're kind of like buying the ticket to you know, yeah. find out all this sleazy stuff. Yeah, and I and I think you can see across, you know, more than just these two films, a, an interest in in the media and well, in how people engage with um, with film or filmed content. That's Emran Hashmi in Shanghai. Exactly, we'll talk in a second. Yeah. Um, but so this movie won best editing and best sound design at the Filmfare Awards. I think that's pretty well warranted. Oh, totally. Uh, I can't sh- imagine editing this. It probably should have got cinematography too. Yeah. Um, because some of these scenes we see in, I think, three different ways. There must be one when they go to the hospital room, I think you could see. Mm-hmm. No, the when the one guy gets shot, I think we see that three different ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is cool. The three different um, camera styles. Mm-hmm. And the composer for this movie, Sneha uh, 
Kanwakar received the R.D. Berman Award. Yeah, at the Film Fair Awards. Uh, so the, the film is told in three parts. It's kind of three separate stories. It's a triptych. Uh, yes. <laughs> that do connect over the course of the film. Uh, so the first one is about It's a... like Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> sure, although it's told one at a time. They're yeah. not interwoven together, but the, as the film goes on, you see the characters interact with one another. And there's a moment at which everyone meets. Exactly, yes. Uh, kind so... of. Actually, no. Never mind. The first two meet... In the hospital room. They all meet in the hospital room. Yeah, I don't know if it's recorded all three ways, though. Anyway, <laughs> they do all meet at the hospital room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, because it. Yeah, you're right. Because they're just, not at the store. It does not show up in the second yeah. section. But all the characters All the characters is do. Is what I meant. Yeah. Uh, so the first story is about a young filmmaker who falls in love with a girl that he's put in his movie. He's making like a pastiche SRK, uh, SRK knockoff type movie? Yeah, he like loves like Yash Raj and like Yash, um, Yash Chopra and Aditya Chopra. He wants to make that level of like um, Bollywood rom com. So he's an amateur filmmaker trying to do that, falls in love with this girl that he's cast in the film. He's, you know, tries to get in uh, good with her and, and, he, and he does. She reciprocates and then tries to kind of get in good with her family by putting her father in the film. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, things things do not go well in in this section of the film. Uh, I, I don't know if we want to spoil entirely what happens, though I feel like a lot of people kind of know a, what this deal is. It's a doomed love story. <laughs> yeah, it's a doomed love story. And um, uh, I, I think people know what this section of the film deals with. It, it deals with honor killings. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it, it goes to a rather dark place. Uh, and a Banerjee... And surprisingly dark place. Yeah. Uh, and... Banerjee kind of shows this whole love story as well as the uh, grisly outcome um, through the young filmmaker's own footage of mm-hmm. kind of of him making this film and, and, and trying to get to know this girl. And, and he's genius in that at one point um, he accidentally rewinds the camera and they record over some of it, mm-hmm. uh, which then plays again with like seeing things out of order. Mm-hmm. Uh, genius. The second section deals with, uh, that's Rajkumar Rao's section, probably the most notable, not maybe not notable, but the most recognizable name in the film, certainly for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on to become pretty notable. Yes. Uh, he is hanging around at a convenience store. Yeah, he doesn't even work there. Helps the owner set up uh, some security cameras. Uh, and so this whole section is told from the point of view of the security cameras. And there's a girl that he likes in the store, and he kind of like tries to hit on her, but she's not really into him. And he strikes up a friendship with one of the other girls who works in the store. And then because he owes a lot of money in debt, it's suggested to him that he could have one of the security cameras film kind of a sexual encounter between the two of them, and then he could sell it off to the media to kind of get some money and cause a scandal. So you see how Mm -hmm. it um, was inspired by the MMS scandal that we discussed. Well that we alluded to earlier. Uh, and so the, kind of that is that section of Rajkumar Rao kind of falling for this girl and this girl falling back for him. But really he has these ulterior motives that, you know, we know would destroy her and ruin uh, her reputation. While all this is going on, someone gets shot <laughs> in the convenience store. And you're like, hey, I bet this is going to come up later. And this is actually pretty important. It does come up in the third section where you find out why this guy was shot in a convenience store. Uh, he is a reporter who uses... He's like a kind of 
freelance reporter. Yeah. Like he's not even he's not reputable. He's like the no. guy in Nightcrawler kind of. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and he uses kind of like hidden cameras, spy cameras to kind of um, trap people and uh, uses that to kind of reveal corruption. And celebrities. Yeah, and celebrities. Um, so he's like, he's he's spying on people. Uh, he teams up with a young dancer who is suicidal uh, and convinces her to help him trap this, uh, this like Punjabi rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know for sure that he's Punjabi, but he seemed like... Um, he seemed like a what's the word like like um a stand-in for all sure. the popular Punjabi rappers. He seems like um, the guy from Uttar Punjab, kind of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, not not like a huge celebrity, but you know, yeah, regionally so big. So she claims that he said he would put her in one of his music videos, but only if she slept with him. So they set her and up. his Russian girlfriend. Yeah. So they set her up with hidden cameras so that she can go in and get this on tape, and then they can reveal that to the media so those are the three the three narratives and um, i wouldn't say any of them have a really happy ending no this um, is a pretty depressing movie it's kind of a bleak film but yes it's it's about it's about voyeurism it's about us like constantly being filmed whether we're filming ourselves or other things are filming us and how how we change our behavior when we're on camera whether or not we know that we're on camera and also how this constant filming um, <laughs> that people use it for personal gain and or mm-hmm. for expression, just kind of how it has factored into our lives. It's a very, very interesting film. And aesthetically, I haven't seen anything like it in Bollywood. Yeah. It, I wouldn't call it found footage because I, I don't think it's found footage, but... It, well, like it reminds me in of the, the fiction of the movie, right? You could have like bought this DVD of like here's some sleazy stuff that happened. Yeah, because I don't know how they would have found the camera at the end of the first one. The f- okay, I will say the first section is found footage, but the rest of it I don't think is. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it, bit more like um, I guess Chronicle maybe, but it also reminds me of you know like all this stuff that's been shot on uh, cell phones recently. Like I could think of Soderbergh's Unsane. Or that episode of American Vandal, the first season, where they're dissecting the party. Right. Where they're looking at everyone's camera footage to try and figure out everything that happened mm-hmm. over the course of the night. It's kind of yeah. like that. That's a much funnier thing to watch. I think this can easily come off as gimmicky, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Yeah. I was a little worried at first, but uh, it totally pays off. Yeah. Um, I thought this movie was fantastic. Uh, I'd seen it on Netflix for literal years, and <laughs> I I think the title being shortened to LSD kind of makes it seem like a completely different movie. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like, maybe not a Project X thing, but also maybe not like a Gaspar Noe thing, but something trippier. Yeah, there's no like drug imagery at all. No. Um, there is a dance sequence at the end of the movie kind of explaining the title. Yeah. But, like, it's like calling Sex uh, sex Lives and Videotape SLV. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really matter, but the full title makes sense. Yeah. So, like, I, I thought this was going to be, like, a party drugs movie. The photo that would come up sometimes would be was the rapper guy, I think. Yeah. So, I had no idea what I was getting into. But it, it turned out that this is an amazing movie, actually. Yeah. Um, it's... 
there's a moment that we've alluded to a few times where the three main duos meet at a at a hospital room in a hospital room and you don't really understand the significance of that the first time but when it keeps going back to that over and over you realize like oh this is like just a kind of fabled meeting where these people kind before their lives changed entirely all met each other so that was fantastic um the dunkirk you know thing it is it's when the plane flies by and then the ship is doing something right like the the moment at which the three timelines like intersect and then keep going in their own speeds Right. This is that, but for three different styles of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it costs the amount that like the craft services probably did on <laughs> Dunkirk or Harry Styles' hair. So <laughs> like, I think that this is an amazing feat of uh, ingenuity. And it's so gripping. I think it really pulls you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that the, the love story was... I, I think ultimately it goes to a well a dark and grisly place and ultimately it gets more interesting as it goes. But at first I was like the first one, yeah, it's pretty pretty was, bleak. Yeah, yeah. But when it first started up, I was like, oh okay, like this found footage like love story thing. Like although the second love story could arguably be even more bleak. Yeah. Oh, because that is starting off on like the completely most horrible foot you yeah. could think of. I think it's just like it starts out with something a bit more typical and then goes to more interesting places. And so when it started, I did. Well, I mean, the first one does like have a pretty amazing ending. You don't see that coming, and then it's just like, what are they going to do next? Well, yeah. What I'm talking about is like when when you're just in like the love story section sure. of that before yeah. it could be NH10. It could be any sort of you know movie about honor killings. No, that's not what I meant. What are you talking about then? Well, I'm talking about like as that section goes on, it becomes more interesting. Oh, you mean at the very, very beginning of the movie? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The very beginning of the movie, it seems kind of like I don't care about this guy's student project. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. That's what I was saying. It yeah. starts. Oh, I with, thought you meant the whole movie. Like no, it's like the parts. It starts with like a basic love story, <clears throat> and then yeah. as that section goes on, it gets very more interesting. And then I think by the time you get to the end of it, you are like drawn in oh, yeah. and you want to see okay what's this next thing going to be but you can also tell at a certain point when um the girl gets a phone call you're just like no no don't do that yeah they're lying to you this is not going to go well at all i don't know if i knew quite how bad it was going to get but like like that's and yeah. and i think like it's so clever they're young and foolish they don't know what they're doing it's so clever that at one point he accidentally rewinds it and so then they're recording over some of the footage that they had so then when you get to the end and the camera stops filming, then they ha- then they're yeah. still a little bit there. Yeah, it's That's really heartbreaking. so smart. Yeah. Yeah, and I think really shows, like, there's a real strong understanding of how these cameras and all this digital technology kind of works and how people use it. I think it was a Brian Eno quote. And I, I love that it's not a horror film. Like, I yeah. love that he... He, he used all this, but not to... Although it is kind of horrific at times. But he used all this not to, to kind of... like It's most often used in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because it's cheap to make. But he really finds, like I think, a, a more interesting application. But also one that is more about the form. Like, this is this is perfect Marshall McLuhan. The medium is the message. Yeah. Uh, content here. There's a Brian Eno quote that I believe I brought up before that I'm going... I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was essentially... Uh, for every medium that you can record on, what we remember about it is the imperfections. Yeah. We remember the VHS kind of, you know, getting fuzzy and having tracking marks show up. We remember 
DVD menus and skipping and that kind of thing. Uh, Blu-ray, we haven't really figured out yet, but streaming, I could think of when like it goes kind of blocky mm-hmm. and the the um, definition changes on yeah. you or your internet has a hiccup. That's the sort of thing that I'll remember in the future um, yeah. about what it was like to watch this. And this movie understands that a little bit of that kind of manipulation of the media goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds you of, you know, what you've seen. For There's sure. a big scene in Knives Out, too, with the uh, um, uh, security camera footage oh, that yeah. I think is really smart, too, that kind of plays with that as well. It does, yeah. Um, I also want to shed some light on the performances here because I think these are performances that are really easy to overlook. It's mm-hmm. really easy to think, like, oh, you just filmed a bunch of regular people. Um, and, you know, them being a group of either kind of new actors or unprofessional actors, it's really easy to just kind of, yeah, like, dismiss. But it takes... This takes a lot of skill. Especially um, for an unprofessional actor. Like, oh, yeah. Like, and we're happy that they didn't look at the camera every time. Exactly. Like, you know, especially in the scenes where, like, they're not supposed to know. Like, to pull off not knowing that you're being filmed, and then in other scenes to have to pull off, like, like knowing that you're being filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it takes a lot of skill. And by showing things from different... By showing the same characters from different perspectives and different styles of camera and different awareness levels of... Um, the cameras being there, you really see like um, the range of this cast. I think that all goes down to direction, though. Oh, it totally does go down to direction. Yeah, and but to just like the, these these performances, it's just so easy to take this for granted. Yeah, you could just imagine that it's real people. Yeah, but that is hard to do. It's totally hard to do, and like no one has an ego here, right? Where like they have to kind of get that close up because of the nature of the form of the film Mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's really i think like this is clearly a talented crop uh it's not that surprising that a lot of them have gone on to be in other films and that raj kumar rao has become you know the actor he's become he's the guy he is the guy i love him all right is there anything else to say about lsd no it's really good i just i wonder about the shortening to lsd i don't know what that really brings to the party I think it's a thing that's common in in Hindi films, and obviously, like, there's a a bit of a DDLJ influence on the first section. I don't know. I don't know. I'm reaching here. I'm just wondering because, like, there's no drug content whatsoever. Yeah. Basically, there's. I think someone snarks coke. Yeah. But like, it just seems odd. Yeah. The the rapper might have. Or yeah. The singer. It just yeah. I think it's a little bit of uh, false advertising. Yeah. All right, so Shanghai came out in 2012. It is based on the novel Z or Z by Vasilis Vasilikos, which I was aware of because there's a 1969 film. I think it's also called Z, right? Yeah, also called Z, based on the book. Uh, I've never seen it, but I texted my mom, and she has, and she liked it so much, she remembered the name of the composer, of the Greek composer who did the music in the film. Is it the guy who did The Third Man? I don't think so. Okay, because that's the only one I could think of. I don't think so. I'll have to look it up. I don't remember the name of the, of the composer for The Third Man either, but he did everything on a zither. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Z or Z. Um, I only knew about it because my parents had mentioned how much they liked that film. Um, it seems like it was one of those 60s, like, art house um, foreign movies that, like, people got into. Yeah, I think so. I think my parents saw that the Garnell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I've never known my mom to know the name of Greek composers, so... <laughs> I mean, her and I talk about it all the time, but whatever. Do you? Yeah. Uh, it stars Abbe Dale, Emran Hashmi, Prosenjit Chatterjee, Kalki Koklin, Supriya Pathak, Farooq Sheikh, and Tilatama Shome. Uh, again, critics really liked it, and it had a decent box office. Uh, and I would the- be surprised if this was like a huge blockbuster. Like, yeah. Actually, all three of these... Oi, Lucky, Lucky, Oi is kind of a crowd pleaser, but the last two are pretty, uh, they're not fun. Yeah. Uh, it won the Film Fair Award for Best Costume Design again. Interesting. Um, and Emron Hashmi was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I'm not a huge Emron Hashmi fan. I've seen a bunch of stuff in that I don't really care for. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff where I don't really care for him. Should rephrase that, uh, but I think here he is good. This is one of the most best performances well, I've seen from what him. What what this does is what uh, that movie that um, Ajay Devgan is trying to ro- rob a bunch of gold during the emergency. Yeah. What was that called? Um, Something I forget what it was, but like it was, it it kind of leans into him being sleazy, right? Like. And so the dirty picture too, where he's kind of a yeah. like a pornographer. Same, I, same director. Those two. Yeah, I think Emran Hashmi. He's handsome, but not movie star handsome. Mm. But he thinks he's movie star handsome. <laughs> sure. Like uh, this is not a slight against him. I think he's 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 a handsome guy. But I think in movies when he's used as a guy who thinks he's way more handsome than he is, and is actually kind of a sleazeball, that's the best. Use of him. Yeah, that was uh, the the film in the set during the emergency with the the heist. That was a bad show. Right, bad show. Yeah. <sighs> um, I mean, it's not an amazing movie, but it was okay. But yeah. I think leaning into and the, yeah, the director is um, Milan Lutharia, who also directed uh, the Dirty Picture. I think he works well with directors who are able to kind of use his attempting to be charming mm. really mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, he does that in this. Yeah. And he plays a pretty low-rent, like, low-status character. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you want me to explain? Yeah, I do. Okay, so Shanghai, I think it almost has, like, a deliberately misleading title. Mm. For the title of LSD, like, the words make sense, but the acronym is kind of dumb. Shanghai, I mean, it's, it's like the movie Chinatown, mm-hmm. where... They go to Chinatown at the end, and uh, Jake is told, like, forget about it, Jake, it's Chinatown. But Chinatown represents, like, the corruption at the heart of Los Angeles society, at the police force, with rich people. Chinatown isn't about going to Chinatown. Yeah. And Shanghai is not about going to Shanghai. It's about trying to make a Shanghai, Mm -hmm. a kind of uh, independent uh, zone where uh, rules are relaxed so that industry can make a lot more money and make more jobs. Mm -hmm. So it takes place in this uh, town called, I believe it's Bharat Nagar, which the people in this place, they don't say Jai Hind anymore. They essentially say like Jai Progress, which is kind of crazy. But it's like a place where um, a political group called The Front is agitating to have these new rules put in place so that they can become a Shanghai. They can be this accelerator for new businesses and stuff. And a lot of people are going to have to be resettled in order to build skyscrapers and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So the movie begins when uh, Kalki Kokla, well, 
that's not exactly where it begins, but because <laughs> it, it does, it is kind of told out of order in a little bit. Yeah. But the easiest way to explain it is Kalki Kuklan is a, a little bit richer person who used to study in New York and has brought her old professor, who is this uh, civil rights advocate, to the town, city. Um, I always forget if it's a town or a city. I can usually tell if it's a village, but a town or a city, I mean, they all look pretty big to me. Um, but he, she's brought him there to kind of agitate against this um, plan by the government, mm-hmm. the IBP, they call it. And over the course of one night, he gives a speech, runs into some um, hired protesters from the front who want this economic development to happen, and he's run over by a truck. Mm-hmm. And then the movie kind of goes a little bit Rashomon for a bit because um, Abbe Dale's character, he's a kind of mid-level government uh, functionary. He gets called in to do an um, examination of what happened, and various people who are at the event come in and tell him their side of the story. So some of them say, oh, he was getting in a fight with the protesters, or you know, he was trying to help them, and just the drunk driver came by and hit him. But we've seen what actually happens, yeah. right? We know that Kalki Kuklan is right, and he's essentially been killed for this. Yeah. It doesn't appear to be an accident. The police were involved. They let the truck through. So we, f- we follow Kuklan, Dale, and then um, Emran Hashmi is a videographer who was also there trying to get some you know, footage. He's kind of a sleazy, low-rent operation. He shoots porno, um, but he also just tries to get footage of stuff that's happening to sell to news. And he inadvertently is there, and I don't know if he exactly gets evidence of the truck. Like, I don't think he was able to get the plates or anything. But, like, he he basically, like, sees what happens. Yes. So the three people have to look inside themselves and think, like, okay, what do I want to do here? Mm -hmm. It's probably a good idea to have more jobs, more money, more, you know, people getting to work. But also, is it worth selling your soul over? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I'm thinking about here in Alberta. I mean, we're going through a recession right away. Our province is essentially run on oil money, and our government just budgeted at fifty-eight dollars a barrel, and now it's five. Mm-hmm. So I could totally see if, you know, let's say Mill Woods, if that was to be reclaimed and turned into like a business corridor or something Mm -hmm. i could totally see our government you know stirring up agitators and trying to push people to vote towards this and i could see people dying over it honestly because people get desperate when there's no jobs and no money so it's a completely understandable story and i would like to believe that i have the intestinal fortitude to stand up for the truth but i don't know yeah i don't want to be in that position i don't know what would happen yeah i think uh I think Banerjee makes a good call here by making this kind of like a fictional place. Yeah, it seems like a made-up town. Yeah, um, but the the root of these politics and of the corruption um, are really like are really realistic and really relatable. I think it is very easy to to see <laughs> how this is not that far from the truth in a lot of places, mm-hmm. or it could be not that far from the truth in a lot of places and yeah the the moral murkiness that this film gets into is really is really fascinating it's it's such a, a rich 
film and it's it's really like the, it's really layered texturally um both i think in its narrative um just like these are these are interesting characters who ha- are having to face um these 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 big moral questions um as well as in its aesthetics it's just like this movie looks so good <laughs> yeah to use your soderbergh analogy this is traffic yeah this is this traffic. is using filters and one pretty amazing tracking shot yep. where uh Imran Hashmi and Kelki Kokalan are running away and having to hide from you know goons from the front and cops who've you know essentially turned the city into a, a clampdown and it's a tracking shot that goes along a kind of wall of garage doors mm-hmm. or maybe shop doors that have like shutters on them and we could see them running between uh, the alleys and ducking and hiding. And it must have taken forever to do. It must have taken forever to do. And yet it's really not flashy and really doesn't like draw attention to itself. The way that like a kind of like a, like a Scorsese long take would or Children of Men. Like yeah, a the spinning around in the car. Long take. Yeah. Like it's just, it's kind of, if you could almost miss it. You could almost really not see again the the technique here. Banerjee is... Banerjee is really good at doing really complicated things. I think it's in um, service of his story, though. It's yeah, never, it's always in service of his story. Never to show off. Exactly. He's, he does really kind of complicated, difficult filmmaking things, um, but in a way that never looks forced. It always, they always look kind of effortless to the point that you, like, you potentially wouldn't even notice how impressive it is. Ryan Johnson does this a lot. Yeah, I'm also thinking of um, uh, Mirzapur, actually. The, mm. I think the one in Mirzapur is faked. But that the one's scene, flashy. The scene the where the long sport. take, yeah. which is very uh, True Detective season one too, yeah. where they're running around shooting guys in a uh, apartment building, or when uh, Rust Cole goes into the um, trailer park and into a long take. Those are just kind of like flashing above your head, like long take, long take, long take. Whereas this isn't. It's thrilling, and I love it. But 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 this one I think was more exciting, and again partly because it is in service of of this deeply complex story that that they're telling which i will point out i love um how strong the women are in this film i don't think that the, over the course of these films like I, I wouldn't they all feel kind of very masculine yeah um but here i think and, and that is not me saying that i don't think Banerjee is interested in telling stories about women because I no think his manisha Kerala bit in uh yeah lost stories i think like she's she's the highest status character in the whole thing. Yeah, and I do think he is very um, sympathetic towards a lot of the women in um, LSD, um, and they're all and and they're certainly kind of um, complicated characters there as well. Um, but here, I, I like really liked Kalki Coughlin and kind of the the tension between her and Tilotama Shome, mm-hmm. uh, who <laughs> it's revealed that Kaki Coughlin like has had, you know, an affair with with her teacher, mm-hmm. um, this activist. Uh, and then the moment when you meet his wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like that that was again there was such intensity she's very pissed off yeah there's such intensity <clears throat> on screen and it's just it's totally coming through just in like the body language and the way those two women um you know are are connected like connecting or not connecting with one another um and, and her then, housekeeper as well yeah oh god the housekeeper and then Supriya Pathak mm-hmm. uh so good just such a badass 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Those pathics, they, uh, they know I what they're doing. I love it when super empathic plays like a really like morally corrupt woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think this is the best of the three movies. I think it's fantastic. I think so too. It's the one I most want to revisit. Um, partly because <laughs> we watched this one last and so it was like in the throes of all the anxiety over the things going on. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's gripping. And I think I most want to revisit this one because I'm most interested in the things um, of just like knowing the outcome again and knowing how it how it's all laid out, how it all plays well, out. I want to see how it was put together. I mean, this more. is, this I wanna, is I wanna, very... I want to notice the sausage being made a bit more. This is very similar to Black Friday, another mm-hmm. movie that explains a pretty complicated thing that happened. Whereas that really happened. Yeah. This didn't happen. But I think... I think they could have submitted this for Oscar. Like, it gives you enough textual material to be able to understand what's going on. I don't think you need to know much about Indian politics or Indian history. In fact, it's kind of abstracted itself away from that. And it's based on, like... It's based on a Greek novel. It's based on a Greek novel that, that was then made into, like, a French film. Yeah. So I think, like, it does a good job of replicating some corruption and other things we've seen in other Indian movies, yeah. but doesn't need you to know about that going in. Yeah, like exactly. It, it's, it's actually, for all that it's complicated, it is, but if you pay attention, you'll get everything. And it's also... Everything is there in the film to understand it. Yeah. It's it's not a mystery box or anything, though. Like, if you pay attention, you'll figure out everything's going on. you figure out all everyone's allegiances. I think a few of the government people, it's not entirely sure what level of government they are. But also, it doesn't really matter. Like, you could just follow up a deal and see who he has to kowtow to and who he doesn't. Yeah. Um, when I but, say, like, it's it's very accessible. Oh, totally. And when I say I want to rewatch it because I want to, like, understand how the old pieces are put together, it's not me saying it's because it's some sort of puzzle box. It's just because I'm 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 so interested in just kind of the the mechanics and um, the filmmaking and the storytelling. At well, it feels here. kind of effortless. Yeah. But... Obviously, there's tons of effort that went into it. Yeah, it's just like, I think it would be a satisfying rewatch. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do it today, but yeah. yeah. Kind of like, you know, how you and I continuously rewatch LA Confidential. LA Confidential or (laughs) uh, this is almost sort of like the movie Syriana. Like those kind of political thrillers. Michael Clayton actually might be a pretty good example. Yeah, yeah. maybe I should see if my parents will watch this one because it's totally up their alley. I mean, they're going to have a lot of time to kill soon. Yeah. All right, well, do we have anything else to say about Shanghai or Banerjee in general? No, all three of these are great. Thanks again for recommending them. I enjoyed watching them quite a bit. I think that um, I already liked Banerjee to begin with, but now I'm very excited to see anything he puts out. Yeah. He hasn't had a dud yet that I've seen. we got to catch up with the first one and uh, then see this new one. Yeah, whenever it comes out. All right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Um, well, actually, maybe less than two weeks since this episode is coming in a little late. Uh, and we're going to be discussing disco. Mm. Uh, this is an episode that we've been wanting to do for a while as well. Um, and then, lo and behold, Tiger Shroff released a, a, his version of Disco Dancer, and now it looks like we planned it. And um, he uh, ruined it. He, it does seem like he did. Well, the music ruined it. His dancing seems okay, his costume's okay, but... It's not even as good as the disco song from uh, Student of the Year. Yeah. Like, it 
Disco Dancer is an awesome song, and this kind of just chopped and screwed it and ruined it. One of my favorites. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, Disco Dancer as well as um, Namak Halal, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Another Amitabh Bachchan yeah, so banger. We're talking a lot about like Bappy Lahiri. You and I love disco. We've mentioned it many times on the show, so I'm happy to finally like devote an episode to it mm-hmm. uh, and finally catch up with Russia's favorite film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can uh, find us on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. I'm at Matt underscore B O W E S. I'm at Erin Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. If you're um, a fan of the show, well, you want to say something first? You go. I mean, I thought I was going to. Sure, but, go. Um, the rules are off now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Tumblr.com slash Ballers for Lovers. Facebook.com slash Ballers for Lovers. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show and we read them out on air. And sometimes um, we'll just do your episode. Yes. Uh, while you're over there, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. Uh, and we also want to thank... Becca- what was your last episode of that? Uh, oh, it was about um, like movies based on Jack the Ripper. So we discussed Hitchcock's The Lodger and then uh, Time After Time, the time-traveling Jack the Ripper H.G. Wells film. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, yeah, we also want to give a shout-out to Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a dog in... Oi, lucky, lucky, oi. Uh, and I think it's another Indian Spitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, like our our good boy, Tuffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, wash your hands. Don't go outside. Listen to podcasts. Watch movies. We're going to get through this thing eventually. Yeah. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>